This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. The Capitals hold on to beat the Devils and sweep the series. Jacob Brana sits out again and TJ Oshie playing the best hockey of his season. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, April 5th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7. Man, the Capitals yesterday became the 13th team in NHL history to sweep all eight games of a season series since the expansion era in beating the New Jersey Devils by a final score of 5-4. to four. And what a job by Ilya Samsonov. As the Capitals were outshot 39-19, to 19. they do not win without him yesterday as the Capitals take down the Devils. Thought he was terrific, Ilya Samsonov. I really thought, John, he was the story of the game. And maybe when you look at the box score of 5-4 final, you don't figure that the goaltenders had a big role in the ultimate outcome. But Samsonov, John, that the saves that he made, the volume of saves, the quality of saves he made, particularly in the opening two periods, Devils had 31 shots on goal. In the first 40 minutes, and Samsonov made 29 saves in the first two periods. Capitals were shorthanded on a number of instances. Great A saves, Jack Hughes, Travis Ajak, and the big one on Damon Severson late in the second period. The glove save on Severson at that point, it was a one-goal game. I thought Samsonov had big saves at big moments and a nice bounce back for him, given the way his last outing Thursday night against the New York Islanders had gone rough outing collectively for the whole team, but Samsonov himself didn't look particularly good in that one but a big big bounce back and Peter Laviolette certainly impressed with the way Samsonov handled himself yesterday afternoon oh he had some he had some really big saves I thought his first period was really good you know he gave us a chance to win a hockey game tonight you know we did enough offensively to win but you know you could tell that we were feeling the effects of three games in three and a half days and you know credit to the guys for battling through but in a game like that, if your goaltender can be the best player, and he was, then you know he'll give you a chance. And so um, I thought that there were some incredible saves that he made along the way. There you go, John Flaviolette acknowledging he kept them in the game. He bailed them out at times, and that's something that we were talking last week in the losses against the Rangers and Islanders, the Capitals. They had their defensive breakdowns. They had their turnovers. They left their goalies out to dry at times. Sometimes you need the goaltender to step up, make a big save, bail out his teammates. Didn't see a whole lot of it last week. Saw plenty of it yesterday from Samsonov in New Jersey. Benny, I felt like it was a strange game. The Capitals only get 19 shots. They give up 39. So obviously, Ilya, the biggest factor, Alex Ovechkin saying as much after the game yesterday. But this team continues to have problems with three goal leads. They were up 5-2. They were, in some ways, creating their own good fortune. They made the most of what few shots they had. And again, just trouble locking it down. I feel like this is something that we keep coming back to. You know, good that they win it. Good that they win in regulation. Good that the one goal leads are, are still intact. They still haven't lost a game in regulation in a one-goal fashion this year. So they're bending and not breaking. But I just feel like when you get to playoff time, this is the stuff that's going to bite you in the backside if you're not careful. And the Caps still with a lot to clean up here. Inviting teams back into games. Yes, they have multi-goal leads in many of these instances that we're talking about. Maybe it's human nature, et cetera. You You let your foot off the gas a little bit. But uh, the sample size is growing. This has not been uh, unique to the past couple of weeks. This has really been going on since the start of the season. Uh, Third period letdowns and, and the company that they're keeping in terms of goal differential in third periods, it's not good. They're in the bottom five in the whole league 
terms of goal differential in third periods, along with New Jersey, Buffalo, Detroit, and Anaheim. Not exactly the type of company figure a team like the Capitals would be keeping. So here they are now, the stretch run of the season. A few more weeks here to, to clean things up and to really clamp down in third periods and protect those leads. Fortunately, they, they do have a 19-2 and two record when leading at the second intermission. Part of that is a factor of, again, these multi-goal leads that they've had. They've, they've won the games, but they're certainly becoming a whole lot more interesting than they need to be. Yesterday in Jersey, the latest example. Vitek Vanacek got the win on Friday. Good bounce back for him after a rough relief appearance on Long Island in which he gave up two goals on nine. Wins a tight one. He only allowed one on 23 shots. Vanacek now has not started back-to-back games in a month. A month today, in fact. March 3 and March 5. Now, Benny, credit where credit's due. You predicted this a while ago that you thought Ilya was going to rise to the top, even though Vitek, as of this moment, is still the winningest rookie goaltender in the National Hockey League. It certainly appears, and we say this going into the game now against the Islanders on Tuesday, a huge game for the Caps in determining on who's going to get that start. It feels like it's going to be Ilya Samsonov, and it feels like Ilya has become the number one on this team. And if Ilya does, in fact, start tomorrow, it would be his 10th start in a 16-game stretch dating back to those dates that you referenced the last time Vanacek would have started two in a row the first week of March. So he's been carrying the load, doing a little bit more heavy lifting as Samsonov over the past month. And I just think yesterday, this weekend in New Jersey, this was an example where, you know, when we talk about the goaltending rotation, we threw out the expression, we have thrown out the expression, you know, you, you ride the hot hand, right? We often say that. And the way Vanacek showed himself on Friday night He wasn't tested a whole lot in terms of volume, but he came up with big saves, 22 of them in a game the Capitals ultimately won 2-1 in overtime. He was terrific on Friday night, Vanacek was. And you figure if you're going with the hot hand, you would go back to him again yesterday against the Devils for the rematch. But that wasn't the case. And he goes back to Samsonov. And that, to me, tells you that Samsonov is the guy and he is the number one. And again, for all the reasons we've covered, the, the higher ceiling maybe the number one you know, first-round pick going back a few years ago, and really the projected number one coming into the season. But I think we're starting to really now see it play out that way. Vanacek, I think, is, is really, he's the backup on this team. And we'll see if between now and a week from today, next Monday, the trade deadline, if additional veteran depth is added for the Capitals in goal, uh, or if it is, in fact, the kids. But I ultimately continue to think when the dust settles, it's Samsonov's crease, and we're starting to see that more and more of late. One more thing from yesterday's win in New Jersey, and I feel like this is a little bit of a fly under the radar as we talked about the third period. And Alex Ovechkin, we should say, ties Brett Hall with a power play goal, now tied for second all time. Next one, he moves ahead. He's 10 goals from passing Dave Anderchuk at this point. Uh, But TJ Oshie, a guy who I thought started pretty quiet, who's been used in a lot of different ways. It's not always about the offense with the way his season's gone. We've talked about him being the Swiss Army knife. That goal that he had in the first period yesterday, I want to go back and at least talk about a little. He's been the team's unsung hero, I think, a good portion of this season. And it isn't maybe the Oshie-like numbers that we have come to expect from number 77. But the goal that he had, driving the circle, getting behind the defender, bar down on the backhand, a brilliant goal, I think his prettiest of the entire season. And as he starts to heat up here, that has to be a good thing for this team, given the fact that he really has had the best scoring stretch here in the last five games that he's had all season. Four goals in his last five. He's up to 11 overall in the season. And this one, another even strength marker. That's encouraging to see. Power play goals have certainly been there this year. 
You're right. It was the way he scored this goal, the eye test, the terrific move to get around Dmitry Kulikov and then driving to the net, using the backhand to beat Mackenzie Blackwood from in close. A lot to like on that particular play from Oshie. And we talked about it as the Capitals hit the midway point of the season, the halfway point of the year, that maybe the the goals weren't necessarily there for Oshie. He was checking a lot of boxes, had done the heavy lifting, playing a lot of center and handling the defensive responsibilities that go with that. To your point, the Swiss Army knife, but nice to see him finding the back of the net here with quite a bit of consistency. You know, a guy who loves to score goals and TJ Oshie has relied upon to help fill the back of the net for this team. And just that the move that he had against Kulikov and then the goal over Blackwood, just that the sign of a guy playing with a whole lot of confidence right now. It was very, very easy on the eyes and also encouraging to see here. This season, Ben, has been a season like none other, and we try to immerse ourselves in the details of the game. You and I talk about it here every morning, Monday through Friday. But the ugliness of the outside world crept in over the weekend, and now as we start the new week, scary stuff coming out of Vancouver. The new variant of COVID, the Brazilian, if you want to call it that, Uh, Darren Dreger of TSN reporting yesterday, 18 players, three coaches testing positive in Vancouver, a few of them with some fairly serious symptoms and questions, and many of them, Ben, and this could impact Washington. This could impact everything in the NHL moving forward. Whether or not Vancouver is able to even finish the season has been called into question. When you have lost basically the entire team due to COVID protocol, and when they can even practice again, can they practice again? Will they be able to play in the next six weeks? Because that's all that's left now. Will the season get extended? A lot of question marks came up over the weekend as, again, the world we live in in this pandemic that has continued to plague us. This is the ugliest COVID incident yet, and it has certainly made the Canadian division uh, very interesting, I think, moving into the end of the season. Obviously, that's not the focus. Hopefully, the health. I mean, friends of this organization, Travis Boyd, Braden Holtby are on the list. I haven't seen Jay Beagle's name, quite honestly, but I've been looking. This is scary. And there are some hockey questions once you get beyond the life questions. I think this might be the most significant COVID outbreak that we've seen in professional sports since this all began last March. At least that's the way it sounds and the way this is starting to develop. You reference the the number of positive tests. That's the other thing. When you see players go on the COVID list around the league and in other sports as well, NFL, Major League Baseball, et cetera, Some of that could be for different reasons, close contact, et cetera. Just earlier this year, Capitals had four players on the COVID list. They didn't all necessarily test positive. When you hear the number of positive tests that they're dealing with and an acknowledgement as well that these aren't asymptomatic uh, situations. Some of the details that have started to come out about IV treatments and, and some of the medical care that they need. This sounds, this is very serious stuff. It sounds like the Vancouver Canucks are dealing with and the thought of finishing the 56 game season for them, that might be a stretch at this point. You wonder how long they're going to be sidelined here and certainly uh, they might not be able to complete their regular season. The health is biggest priority right now, but it is interesting when, when you look at the rest of the league now, I think everyone's antenna goes up. Peter Laviolette was asked about it before yesterday's game in New Jersey. If it is something that the Capitals see and, you know, it's just a reminder just to continue to, to follow the protocols. I think there's, you know, fatigue over all this, whether in the NHL or, or for all of us in day-to-day life, but this certainly a reminder from the Canucks. Teams were notified from the league, just continue to, to bear down and continue to, to follow the protocols we've laid out because you, you don't want an outbreak like this happening to your team and just uh, scary stuff in Vancouver. 
Vancouver, an eye-opener for the rest of the league, but hoping for the best for the Canucks, and certainly it's a story with legs. One we'll be monitoring here over the next few weeks how it plays out. Yeah, and for those who are, are fans and listening, look, this isn't over yet. I understand what the protocols are like here. These guys are tested every day. They are going through every protective measure that they are able to do. And this went through their room in a day. This new variant is scary stuff. It has taken hold. It originated in Whistler and, and now in the city of Vancouver and now in the Canucks dressing room. And it happened so fast. Very scary stuff and something that we'll, we'll keep an eye on. Capitals and Devils were the only game yesterday in the Mass Mutual East Division. Tonight, they'll ban a big one. The Flyers visiting Boston to take on the Bruins. A huge game in the battle for the final playoff spot in the East. So with just over a month to go, the Bruins lead the Flyers by four. Win in regulation, the Flyers are starting to lose touch. If Philly can win in regulation, I kind of feel like it's game on. I think a lot of eyes in the East are going to be on this one tonight. Yeah, big game and certainly two teams looking to right the ship. You talk about the Bruins and Flyers. If you had seen this on the schedule before the season began, you figure, hey, they might be fighting for the top two spots in the division. They were among the favorites coming into the year. Teams we figured would be giving the Capitals a run for their money as far as division supremacy. And here they are. It's hard to imagine they both get into the postseason, probably going to just be one of the two in terms of Boston and Philadelphia in a series here starting uh, tomorrow, uh, starting tonight. Uh, at TD Garden that the Bruins uh, and Flyers with uh, potential lot of ramifications in terms of the Mass Mutual Division and who ultimately can grab that hold of the the final playoff spot. But Bruins, uh, we've been talking about it all year, John. They continue to deal with the injury bug, just severely shorthanded. Uh, Tuka Rask remains out and Brandon Carlo after he had returned from an upper body injury. He's out again now week to week. So the Bruins remain very, very thin on the back end. Yeah, a lot going on and not good with Boston as the Flyers and Bruins go head-to-head tonight. So a look at the division race on this Monday morning before we leave you. The Capitals, by virtue of their win yesterday afternoon against the New Jersey Devils, 54 points, two better than the Islanders at 52. Pittsburgh now in third with 50. you got to drop seven more until you get to the Bruins at 43. They hold down the four spot. Philadelphia at 39. That's why that game's so big tonight. It could be two points or it could be six. The Rangers also at 39, who are hoping that the Boston Bruins can help them out. They just hope it's not a three-point game, and New Jersey probably not going to be a factor. They're in 7th at 32. Capitals and Islanders coming up Tuesday at 7. Coverage at 4 with Caps Game Day. Network air at 645. Hey, Ben, have yourself a great Monday, will you? Happy Monday, John. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.